It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 413 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November 9th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network we got so much stuff for you. All all 30 NBA teams cover with their own podcasts. All 32 NFL teams as well. A whole bunch of college shows. We've got the National Angle covered as well with Locked On NBA. We've got weekly contri- contributions from Ben Golliver and Sam Amick over there. On the Locked On NFL show, we've got weekly co- contributions from Sage Rosenfels and Mike Sando. Got fantasy covered for both basketball and football. We got a ton of stuff going on. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network and finding a show that you like. And if you find a host and a show that you dig and want to support, please subscribe to that show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's the best way to support the show, support the hosts. And Locked On Raptors is doing really well right now in terms of ratings and reviews. And I very much appreciate anyone who's taking the time. And uh, if you want to take the time, five seconds, it's free. And, you know, it'll make me feel really good if you haven't done done it just yet and i will be forever indebted to you if you take that small amount of time to give us five stars all right let's get to today's show the raptors take on the new york Knicks on saturday afternoon at three o'clock hangover alert game all that good stuff and the knicks are kind of in the exact opposite place as where the raptors are right now they are in a supreme tank season and joining me to talk about the new york knicks and their tankathon this year from knicks film school and the step back it's jonathan macri how's it going man it's going great, Sean. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And I can confirm 100%, having watched the Raptors a few times this year myself, that they are indeed in quite a different position <laughs> than the New York Knicks. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing by any means, because I, no, I think the Knicks are kind of going about this perfectly. Right now they're 4-8, and eight. they're 23rd in offense, 24th in defense, they have four losses of two possessions or less, and they're missing their best player, and yet it's kind of been a perfect season so far, hasn't it? It kind of has, and it's been one that I know in Knicks fans' eyes at least has been a long time coming. Uh, You know, I think it's interesting because we've seen a lot of attempts at tanks, (laughs) both uh, good, bad, and ugly, I'll say, over the last... uh, I mean, there have always been teams that have tanked, but really this thing has kind of become a somewhat of an art, somewhat of a science over the last several years in the league. And, you know, I, I the team that I always point back to is the Sixers uh, of two years ago. Right. Uh, that I think they won 30 or 32 games and be played about 30. And, you know, the team always seemed to be fighting hard. They were in games, but they were getting a lot of losses. They mm. were playing a lot of young players. That's kind of what it looks like the Knicks are doing so far. Yeah, that's, I think, the best way to go about it. And I've had this take, I think I've tweeted this before, and I firmly believe it, that of all the bad teams in the league right now, I think the Knicks are doing tanking the most correctly of anybody 
It's not like an entirely scorched earth roster with like 2014 era Sixers players. Like there's some decent names on here, some guys that they're taking shots on who are sort of second, you know, their second run through the league after kind of washing out after being high picks. Uh, there's some interesting high upside young guys they've drafted early on. They have some like perfect tank veterans that I think are really useful for them as well. And we'll get to a couple of those guys because I have uh, Tim Hardaway fascinates me, but we'll get to him in a sec. I just oh he's a he's a fascinating guy. <laughs> it's just with this roster, I, I, it's not entirely bereft of hope, but it's not like bursting with guys who are going to go out and win 35 games. Like I just. It seems like a pretty good way to go about it. There's interesting guys. There's interesting stories. Um, would you agree that the Knicks like are doing this correctly? And like, what is the kind of reaction from Knicks fans to this? Because like, there's always been this kind of myth that oh, the Knicks can't rebuild because they're in New York. But like, if anything, it seems like the Knicks would be a team that can totally get away with it. Like, I'm in Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs are kind of the Knicks of the NHL in that they're the one of the biggest franchises, the most expensive, the biggest value, all that stuff, and haven't won forever. And, like, no matter how good the team is, there's always going to be people there. It's always going to make money. It's just a license to print money when you have that team, regardless of if it's good or not. So I've kind of always thought with the Knicks, like, there's no reason the Knicks can't properly tank and try to actually do it correctly as opposed to doing half measures and stuff like that. But I don't know. What's the kind of the, the, the tenor in New York among Knicks fans when it comes to this, this season of tanking? So uh, I think a couple things come to mind. And it's funny that you say, you know, uh, or you bring up that long-held adage that, oh, you can't rebuild in New York. Because really, like you suggested, uh, it's actually the opposite. And Zach Lowe has brought attention to that point a few times already mm-hmm. um, before the season and, and over the beginning of the year. Uh, the reason the Knicks have never rebuilt isn't because you can't rebuild in New York. It's just because that the people that have been calling the shots over the years have been too incompetent or um, <laughs> have been maybe had their hands tied uh, a little bit too much uh, to do so. And I think the, the feeling of the fan base is that, like I suggested before, that this has not only been a, a long time coming, but that they're doing it in such a way that it, it kind of checks off a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is this, you get your young players that have a potential to be here for some time and I'm sure we'll touch on a few of them Um, but in addition you have these kind of reclamation projects and the nice thing about that is you know the big thing with the Knicks is they're trying to rebrand themselves as an organization you know we want to get to where Toronto is Mm -hmm. um, as a place that is you know just kind of universally respected in terms of how they do business and their culture and all of those you know buzzwords that you hear all the time so you know, while playing guys like an Emmanuel Moutier or a, um, a Mario Hazonia or, or these kind of sorts of, of, or like you said, even Tim Hardaway Jr., um, these guys may not be around for the long, long term, but having them come in and looking productive and looking competent, there's a certain inherent value in that, which I think Knicks fans more or less appreciate. And I think there's also something to be said about being a place where guys can go to try to reclaim their careers, right? And, like, that can be a way in which you acquire talent. And maybe it's not going to be top-end talent. Maybe it's going to be, you know, guys who kind of washed out on their first run by, you know, like a lot of these guys, like Hazonia, Trey Burke, Noah Vonley, pretty much a third of the roster are these exact kinds of guys. 
And you know, if, if one of them becomes a success story, a success story, and you can trade them for something, or you can just have them be part of the team long term, like that's worth the entire thing. And if you become like a place where guys can go and they say, oh, hey, look, that's a place where I can, you know, take my talents to potentially kind of, you know, turn my career around. Like th- that's kind of a, a market inefficiency that you can kind of take advantage of. So I think that's a nice thing as well. I've made that exact point. I mean, they have, you know, these different reclamation projects that Scott Perry, uh, who's doing a wonderful job since he came aboard uh, about a year and four months ago. Um, if one of all they need is one, of, if even one of these guys hits, that's a huge win because they're all uh, low risk acquisitions, didn't cost the team anything. Um, you know, Emmanuel Moutier cost them a, a second round pick. That's it. Yeah. So, but really, more importantly than the fact that maybe one of these guys is around for a few years, just to show yourself that you're an organization where a guy can come and not only get better, but also have a chance to let his play do the talking for him. And I think that's where David Fisdale comes in. Mm -hmm. And he seems to be the right coach for this team at this particular time, giving everybody a chance doesn't matter to him how your career has gone so far uh everybody has a clean slate but at the same time he knows where his bread is buttered and he knows that at the end of the day he needs to play these uh young kids some sizable minutes let's talk about those young kids there i guess there would be three main guys you're looking at as like potential future building blocks for the knicks and that'd be kevin knox the ninth overall pick this year am i correct yep uh, Mitchell Robinson, who was another first-round pick, and then Frank Nielakina, who was the first-round pick from 2017. Of those three guys, who kind of has impressed you most? I know Nielakina's had more time, obviously, with the full season last year, but like of, of those three guys, who gives you the most hope, I suppose? Or are all three, for different reasons, maybe giving you hope that they can be part of the next very good, very good Knicks team? So it's it's a funny thing that you bring up because after summer league, but uh, before the preseason started, uh, me and JB, who uh, I run Nick's Film School with, mm-hmm. we had a, a back and forth conversation. Who did we think was the Knicks' stronger asset around the league, Mitchell Robinson or Frank Milikina? Right. And what's funny about it is we both kind of took for granted after summer league that Kevin Knox had vaulted to the top of that list right um and now it was between mitch and, and frank and i think since the season has started that's really kind of become unclear and you know if there is uh you know a, a point of contention or a, a line of demarcation if you will between knicks fans uh it's frank Villacina. right and you know new york is a funny town because there's a lot of old school basketball heads here who've been watching the game for a long time and yet some of those old school guys love frank because of his approach to the game gritty defense selflessness all of those things and others are like this is a guy who you know he he can't get a bucket when he needs to get a bucket he's worthless get rid of him send him to the g league (laughs) (laughs) i I am a Frank believer, so for me personally, I think Frank is there, of the three guys you mentioned, I think he's their their best asset by a hair over Knox, and I I give two reasons for that. One, um, I think in the league today, it's about how many guys do you have that bring an elite, elite skill to the table. When I say elite, I mean a chance to be 
one of the five or ten best guys at whatever that thing is that you do without taking anything off the table. And I think Frank gives them the opportunity to have that with his defense. Mm -hmm. Um, If his offensive game or his offensive game does need to come along for him to, you know, check all those other boxes. But, um, you know, as far as Knox, we haven't because he recently had an injury. Uh, He's only been back for two games and he's clearly very rusty. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of Knicks fans are actually looking forward to seeing how he does it, you know, with this test against the Raptors. Um, but I would put Frank one, uh, Knox a very close second, and then Mitch uh, just uh, a little bit, little bit down below them. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I guess it's kind of nice that Knicks fans, because obviously there seems to be some sort of, I guess, trepidation with all three of these guys on some level. And I guess it's nice that Knicks fans can look forward to potentially an extremely good prospect this year with this draft. I mean, I can't imagine you watched that Duke game earlier this week and didn't salivate at the potential of Zion or R.J. Barrett. Oh, I may have tuned in just (laughs) for a couple of minutes. I'm actually recording a show uh, tomorrow with a a draft expert coming on to already talk about them because God knows in New York it's never too early to uh, talk about your draft prospects. As a Canadian who is heavily invested in R.J. Barrett's future, I actually hope he ends up on the Knicks. Like Of all the teams that could potentially end up with him, I like when the Knicks are good. There was a game last year where the Knicks beat the Raptors. They had that crazy second half. I remember it well. They went yeah. on, uh, I believe it was a 28 to nothing run. Yeah, it was nuts. And it was, I don't know, I couldn't even be mad about it because it was like, MSG was going nuts. Chris Stapps was doing cool stuff. Like, it was really fun to watch. And I was like, you know, I, I want the Knicks to be good. I, like, the, the Lakers and Celtics, like, I, I don't care if they're good. But the Knicks, like, it feels like they should be good. And... Um, I, I feel like R.J. Barrett could definitely help that. So I'm rooting for him to end up on the Knicks. That'd be li- lovely. If he ends up on, like, the Celtics or something, I might uh, <laughs> do something bad. I don't know. It's going to suck a lot. Um, but uh, I, don't know, I had a train of thought that I lost. But, yeah. Well, oh, I, I just, I just I like Frank Nielakino a lot, too, is what I was going to say. I like his defense a lot. I'm invested in his success because I have a Frankie Smokes T-shirt, and I want that to be good for a long time. And very be nice. totally good irrelevant. Purchase. Yes, um, I agree. Actually, it's a, it was a very good purchase on my part. Thank you. Um, the, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, I just I like his defense, and also he's 20 years old, and I feel like there's a lot of room to grow there. And again, yeah, I, I like your point that you made. If you can be elite at something, and he seems like he can be one of he can be an All NBA level defender, I think already. Um, you're seeing flashes of that. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty in on Frank. And I, I think, you know, there's been this conversation, I think, probably since the draft of him versus Dennis Smith Jr. And I know Dennis Smith is more flashy and a better scorer, but I don't know. I, I think I'd prefer some of what Frank brings than to what Dennis Smith Jr. brings, but that's just me. You know, um, it's it's kind of ironic, though, if you think about it, because what Frank needs is a little Dennis Smith Jr. in him, and what Dennis enough, Smith Jr. Yeah. needs is a little bit of Frank in him. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, to me, I think uh, DeLone Wright is actually, you know, I think Knicks fans, if, if 
Wright was Frank's eventual outcome, I think they'd probably be a little disappointed, even though I, I do think he's underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think how we, you guys have seen Wright develop his game yeah. um, over the couple of years he's been in the league, I, I think that's the kind of progression that they'd really like for, for Frank to take. Yeah, if there are any Knicks fans listening to this because you saw Jonathan's name and you wanted to tune in, uh, DeLon Wright is awesome, and you should hope that Frank Nielakina can become that because he's a delight to watch. He might be the most fun Raptor when he's kind of in high gear. He's been a little rusty this season because he had an injury, and he's kind of working his way back into form, and his shot's been totally off. But um, he has just some of the most insane Euro steps and passes and drive and kick stuff going on that I've ever seen and he's super fun so um, not a bad thing to aspire to although I think Frank potentially could be a little bit better than DeLon I don't know DeLon's kind of inconsistent and he might have kind of reached his ceiling I'm a very big Frank believer let's move on to uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. because this guy he seems to me like a Hall of Fame level tank asset if that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he just like he seems like the perfect tanking player. He's got like a 31% usage rate for this team. He's not shooting crazy well. He's shooting well from 3 on a high volume, but only 41% overall. His effective field goal percentage isn't crazy high. His true shooting's like 56%, which is fine. Um but like if that's your number one option, you're going to be the Knicks. And I again, I think that's good. I think what the Knicks are doing is good inherently. So I have no problem with what you know Tim Hardaway brings to the table, but do you agree that he's like an all-time good tank asset? And what, like, how valuable has he been to the tank this season? So it's so I I am harder on two Knicks than a lot of people. One right. of them is Hardaway, and the other one is is Cantor, right? Uh, for hopefully obvious reasons. <laughs> um, Hardaway has actually surprised me this year uh, for the better. Um, I had a piece come out today in which uh, I noted that he's actually one of only 12 players in the league uh, this season. I think it's above a 29 usage rate and uh, above a 55 true shooting. Right. And of the other 11 guys, like nine are regular all-stars, and then the other two are, I think, Devin Booker and Zach Levine. Right. So numbers-wise, you know, Frank is, is actually kind of hitting some levels that Knicks fans at least have not seen him because when he was putting up some decent numbers in Atlanta it was on a much lower usage but at the same time any Knicks fan who's being honest with themselves knows that Tim Hardaway Jr. first option is not two things that you ever want in the same (laughs) sentence Um, and you know putting his contract aside because he's he's probably not probably he is paid more than he should be um, he is best suited as you know a third option, maybe a first guy off the bench who plays uh, 30 minutes a night. I think that's Tim Hardaway Jr.'s destiny in this league. Now, obviously, on this particular team with this particular group of guys, he's being asked to do a lot more than that. Um, I, I'll i disagree with you a little bit because he, is, he has been just efficient enough right. that I don't know that I'd call him a tanking asset. I think he's He's almost an asset, you know. It's right. he's on the verge, um, and and not to veer too far off track because I know you know Raptors fans don't care too much about how the Knicks are going to build this team going forward. But I think a a low key question that isn't asked often enough, but should be in New York, is whether or not Steve Mills and Scott Perry um, would move Hardaway if they had the chance to do so. Right. Um, should a, a reasonable deal open up? 
what would a deal like have you kind of like theorized what a potential deal for that for Hardaway might look like sure I mean it's a question of you know if let's you know the Kings are always the team that comes <laughs> up in these types of conversations but there are other ones um, you know I think the uh, the Pelicans are a team like they could put together a combination of of salary and like if you have a chance to dump him for essentially a combination of maybe an expiring contract and uh, a some not so great money of a lesser player but less annual money mm-hmm. um, and maybe a protected pick of some kind um, I think you'd have to do that do you dump him in a straight salary dump that's the tougher question yeah and I think there are Knicks fans who would say yeah let's get rid of that money open up that space you know so try to get that second max guy at some point and there are other fans who um, are like no you know, bad teams dump guys who could be assets for nothing. You yeah. want to be a good team. You want to value your assets, which is exactly what Masai Ujiri has done, and it's why the Raptors are in the position they're in. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, and the, the Raptors have had to do that, where they've had to attach a pick to get rid of Damari Carroll's contract, and then Damari Carroll became kind of useful with the Nets again. And, like, on this version of the Raptors, where they move the ball and play kind of hoxie, Damari Carroll might be kind of useful. But that, Oddly enough, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of... You never really want to give up on guys if you can avoid it. And, like, I guess this kind of leads into the summer question, right? Because the, you know, the Kevin Durant rumors are extremely out there. And if there are those max spots to be had, maybe it does make sense to move off from Hardaway. Because, like, yes, maybe Hardaway goes and does well for the Kings or something. But, hey, we have Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler. Who cares? Um, so, like, as a Knicks fan, like, how much have you allowed yourself to think about this this coming summer and I don't know, are you getting hopeful at all? Or are you just kind of like leaving expectations as low as possible? And then if something happens where they, they, they happen into a star like Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant wants to come save the Knicks, like you'll just be happy but with the low expectations being, you know, I guess surpassed. I, I think if you're a Knicks fan and you're not, it's not somewhere in the recesses of your brain, you're, you're probably lying to yourself. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's such a weird circumstance right I mean when in NBA history has been, has there been a guy who there's a, a very reasonable possibility he's going to leave you know arguably the greatest basketball situation of all time mm-hmm. um, but you know when we know in the NBA when stuff is out there in the ether um, it's generally out there for a reason mm-hmm. um, so am I thinking about it yeah of course but at the same time I think I I speak for most Knicks fans when I say, 
they're worried about the development of the guys who are already are already here mm-hmm. because you know as Knicks fans remember from not that long ago um, prior to the summer of 2010 when you put all your eggs in that one basket and then um, that that guy doesn't come walking through that door what are you left with mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the thing you started talking about with you know at the beginning of the show why this season has been so great for for Knicks fans is because guess what even if Durant doesn't come you have another superstar or in my opinion he's a superstar other people may may disagree that's going to be here at the start of next year yeah barring anything crazy and that's Kristaps Porzingis so it's it's almost like if Kevin Durant comes I mean obviously that's great if he doesn't I think this team if they stay on the path that they're in get the draft pick that they seem like they probably are going to be in a position to get one of those really top guys and make sure they just continue to play nicely with KP, <laughs> knock mm-hmm. on wood, um, you know, they're going to enter next season in a really good place regardless. Yeah, fair enough. You mentioned Chris Stapps. We haven't even talked about him yet. And why Crazy, he, right? He hasn't played, but, I mean, he's the best player on this team when healthy. Do you think he's going to sit the entire season? And I guess the other question for, for you is, like, do you want him to in, in the name of the tank? Um, so I... You know, in, in Zach Lowe's preseason column, he had uh, he mentioned that the over under for games played for Porzingis was fifteen and a half, yeah. and he was he was taking the under, um, and I think that's right uh, because if you look at the different incentives here, right? So if you are the Knicks, your incentive to have him play is you want to make him, you know, you want to show that he's healthy for. You know, if Kevin Durant is is watching um, mm. potentially to see, hey, if I want to sign with the Knicks for the next four years of my life, I want to make sure that the guy I'm coming to play with, who's going to be my my Scottie Pippen, he looks okay. Um, I think if you're if you're KP, you want to win. Yeah. So I think there's maybe a little bit of that too. And also, you know, say what you want about this new regime with the Knicks. KP has had his issues with Knicks management. Obviously, most of that was when Phil Jackson was here. Yeah. But those things still happen. So are we sure that his people, you know, his, he's repped by his brother, um, you know, as has been, you know, duly noted here in New York and everybody's kind of trepidatious about because he's kind of uh, an uncertain character. That's okay. But, the Raptors know all about uncertain characters as agents at, the, <laughs> oh, at this point. Oh, Uncle, yeah. uh, Uncle Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he hasn't done anything like bad yet, but the, it's still Not the back yet. of our minds, I'm sure. <laughs> so, you know, are, might KP's people be worried that the Knicks are going to try to pull a fast one during contract negotiations this summer? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, might they have an incentive to get KP on the floor to prove, obviously, that he's healthy. So I, I think there's different competing interests. Personally, do I care if he plays a game this season? I don't. Right. I know a lot of Knicks fans want to see him just to you know, prove that he's there and he's healthy. But I, he's putting in the work. I mean, there was this whole dust-up today on Knicks Twitter uh, over the fact that Fisdale said yesterday that he wasn't sprinting yet, and then KP put out an Instagram picture of him literally sprinting. And it's, you know, a whole, a whole thing of, was he responding to Fisdale? Was he responding to the reports that he, you know, uh, was he upset that there was a perception that he wasn't working hard enough? So KP is going to be fine. Yeah. He's clearly putting in the work. He's getting better. Uh, I think he'll probably wind up coming back sometime after the All-Star break. 
maybe playing every other game. Uh, but yeah, I do think that, that we'll see him before the end of the year. And ultimately, I'm sure there'll be enough trades where they, you know, offload some guys who, you know, other teams could use. And I'm sure, like, the, the tank will still be in full swing, I'm sure, by the time he comes back. I, I don't think that's a, much of a concern. Um, forgot to ask you about Alonzo Trier. Sure. He's fun. Uh, and he kind is. of out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on there? Um, you know, I think Trier is great because regardless of what exactly he turns into and you know, right now he's doing things that arguably an undrafted rookie, I mean, you don't see this, you could go years without seeing this from an undrafted rookie. Fred Van Vliet, baby? I guess he wasn't a rookie, never mind. He was a second year guy when he turned it around, but still. Who were you thinking of? <laughs> Fred Van Vliet. Oh, oh but, love Van Vliet. But he was a second year guy, so I, I, I misspoke. He wasn't a rookie. No, but it's a, it's a great <laughs> comp. Um, and I think, but again, it's, it's funny you bring up Van Vliet. Good organizations hit these guys you know hit hit on these guys on the fringes more often than not and that's a telltale sign that your team has kind of turned it around and i think trier is a guy obviously um you know he's on a 45 day two-way contract right now the knicks are gonna you know whatever roster move they have to make they're he's gonna finish the year uh on the big club and and they'll hopefully have him here for for a while after that his contract situation is actually kind of interesting um but he's a guy that yeah, Knicks fans are excited about, as they should be, another guy who didn't get a lot of run last year, but who's been great so far, and Raptors fans, I think, will appreciate for, for how he plays, is Damian Dotson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was a second-round pick last season, did not play a lot under Jeff Hornacek for reasons that I could not possibly begin to guess. <laughs> um, but this season, you know, he's uh, averaging 12 points, 6 rebounds a game, uh, playing some great defense. You know, it's... It's not just the big names that we started talking about. It's yeah. these other guys that the organization has in tow that um, there's an honest-to-goodness young core here. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's odd for me to say it, having been a fan of this team for 25 years. <laughs> um, but it seems to be happening, so it's nice. If there's something that Raptors fans love to love, it's a second-round big man who does some stuff. Um, so <laughs> Damian Dawson will... Quickly enter the hearts of Raptors fans and bring back memories of Amir Johnson and Pops Mensabonsu and and the rest. Um, well, that's the thing about Dotson is he rebounds like a big, but he's he's actually a wing. He's best of both worlds. He's like a big in today's NBA. No, is that not? I mean, I, personally, I think you could put Dotson out at the four on some nights and yeah. get away with it. He has he's played a little bit of four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I, I my favorite thing to see with this team, and I want to see more of it going forward, is like super small ball lineups. Yeah. Um, my dream is, you know, at some point, the end of the year, having Kevin Knox play a little center, Dotson at the four, you know, and put Frank Burke and, uh, you know, someone else out there and, and just have some fun. That sounds fun. That sounds like a good yeah, time. Right? There are going to be a lot of small ball lineups, I'm sure, with the Raptors, because the Raptors only play small now, essentially. So maybe we'll Which see some great. of that. So maybe we'll see some Damian Dotson at the four tomorrow. Um, that was me being uneducated on Damian Dotson, by the way, and calling him a big. So uh, that that's on me. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap things up uh, quickly. What are people? What, what should people expect to see in terms of like a style of play from the Knicks uh, on in Saturday's game? And how does Dave Fisdale have them playing right now? Um, he has them playing hard. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, which Stunner. Is nice. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's a start. 
Um, I would say on on defense they switch pretty liberally. Yeah. Which uh, they actually switch a little bit quicker sometimes than than I'd like, um, as opposed to trying to to fight through uh, those opportunities to just switch at the first instance. Yeah. Um, it usually doesn't get him into too much trouble unless uh, Cantor is on the floor, in which case. You know, if you've ever watched Dennis Cantor, you know uh, the problems that that gets you into. <laughs> um, on offense, uh, Fisdale has, you know, been very open and honest about the fact that he hasn't even worried about instituting uh, any kind of complicated offensive sets because this team is so young. Yeah. And he just wants to get stuff in there that allows these young guys to play. So it's a lot of basic stuff. It's a lot of dribble handoffs. Um, you'll see a, a lot of... Um, you know, kind of like double screens at the top of the key or even up at the three-point line. It's nothing crazy, to be honest with you. A lot of Knicks possessions, there's a lot of player movement and ball movement that kind of leads to nowhere. <laughs> uh, but that's because they, you know, they're woefully short on creators that could really do something when they have the ball. Right. Uh, but hopefully that changes as the year goes on. I do not think that it will change before tomorrow's game, though. Fair enough. Um, last one for you, Jonathan, before we let you go. Sure. I'll give you 30 seconds. You have the floor. Say any mean things you'd like to about Andrea Bargnani right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, is genuine, uh, that is a genuine LOL right there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know what? Uh, Bargs, wherever you are, something tells me you're not listening to this, but I'm going to pretend that you are. I hope you're happy. With all of that money that you stole, uh, he didn't steal it all from us. He stole some of it from you guys, and then he stole the rest of it from us. Um, oh my god! That I remember—I actually remember where I was on draft night when they made that trade. And um, you know, the the thing about Knicks fans is we've learned how to talk ourselves into almost anything over the years. Yeah. There was no talking yourself into that. <laughs> it was, uh, oof, goodness, yeah, it, that that was special. Um, it was not good. So, Bogs, wherever you are out there, I hope you're you're doing fine. See, that trade hurts threefold because one, Bogs ended up on the Knicks. Two, it scared James Dolan out of ever making a trade with Masai Ujiri again, and cost the chance of uh, the Knicks getting Kyle Lowry when the Raptors were ready to blow it up. And three. It uh, gave the Raptors the pick that they eventually turned into Jakob Pertl, who they used to try to who to exactly. used to acquire Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, that's I think uh, it's, it's low key one of the great what ifs. And I actually think that the, I'm talking about the Lowry trade that yeah. almost happened and didn't. And I actually think it's a better what if on the Raptors part because if the Knicks got Lowry, does that really? I mean, you know. Maybe, yeah, sure, they win, obviously, some more games. Does it change the course of Knicks history? My own personal opinion, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, that probably would have been the tanking opportunity that Ujiri thought he was going to be able to get yeah. when he came aboard, right? Yeah, and that was the year of Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins. So, Oof, you, you yeah. dodged the bullet there. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been rough. There was, such, there was like a extreme faction of Raptors fans who was like angry they weren't tanking for Wiggins because he was Canadian and because that was the only thing they cared about and man have they been proven wrong in hindsight in so 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 many ways 
Um, well, let's hope let's hope uh, R.J. Barrett uh, has a slightly better uh, NBA career than Andrew Wiggins, who uh, might have one of the five worst contracts in basketball. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, I, I it used to feel like I had to believe in Wiggins, but now that like Shea Gilgis Alexander is doing stuff, Jamal Murray's putting forty eight on the Celtics' heads. I don't have to oh, worry about it. Oh, it was so good. And he should take that shot all the time at the end of the game. I don't care about that stuff. It's amazing. Don't let him score 48 points if you're going to be mad about it, Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry. Um, well said. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, I used to have to believe in Andrew Wiggins, but uh, now I can believe in Shea and Jamal Murray and future Nick R.J. Barrett, which is nice. <laughs> um, Your lips to God's ears. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, Jonathan, this was fantastic, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find your work? Uh, yeah, so uh, I am on nicksfilmschool.com. Uh, I do occasionally write stuff for the Step Back as well. Uh, have a, a fun piece actually that's out right now, uh, the 2018 NBA Guide to Tanking, which you could check out. Um, and yeah, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I've been told that I'm a decent follow. I don't know what people see in me, but whatever. <laughs> I'll take a compliment. So that's at uh, JC Macri NBA. Fun fact, the guide to tanking was the thing that led me to you to request you to come on today's podcast. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, also, Nick's bloggers rule. You guys are like the best group of bloggers in the entire thing, in the entire industry, I think, just because you're sad, but you're happy about it, and I like it. And uh, you guys do an awesome job. I hope you have a good team to care about very soon. And you might, well, because they're doing it right. I, I hope so, too. And let me just say, as a... Uh, observer from afar uh, I think that the Raptors are going to uh, be the representative in the Eastern Conference this year and I think that they will give the Warriors more than a run for their money that's uh, that that's the stuff we want to hear that's pandering to the to the audience I'm sure but I, I appreciate it anyway um. it's the truth man you guys are awesome I, I'm actually really I'm looking forward to seeing our guys to tomorrow in the game but I I love watching the Raptors play it's just the best I I would say it's arguably the best brand of basketball going right now well that's yeah they're they're really fun to watch man and it's been hard to talk about them because there's nothing to really be mad about and that's usually what you traffic in on a podcast is like what's not good and what can we talk about and seem smart about and that's not really presenting itself with the Raptors so I'm just kind of enjoying it and uh, I've been doing so on Locked on Raptors you can please subscribe rate and review on iTunes it's the best way to support the show Uh, I I, I deeply appreciate anyone who leaves a rating or review I'm also doing a Patreon page with premium podcasts that I will have a fourth episode up for tomorrow morning myself and Katie Heindel from Vice Sports and The Athletic. We're going to be doing an entire podcast about the Raptor. So if you're interested in that, please subscribe. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. $5 subscribers get uh, a fresh new premium podcast every week. And uh, I very much appreciate anyone who chips me a few bucks there and supports the stuff that they like. And uh, I like you. You are the stuff that I uh, that I like if you subscribe to my Patreon page. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for coming on, man. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, Sean. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.